If you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to get into the Word. I've got a Word the Lord put on my heart, and I know it's going to bless you and speak to you this morning. I'm going to give you the title right off the beginning, Believers, the Believers are Leaving. Amen? See the door? The Believers are Leaving. There's a, a, a news clip I got this week which I thought was very interesting with all the stuff that we're going through right now. And it said this. This is exactly what the top headline said. I took it and copied and pasted it. States have authority to fine or jail people who refuse coronavirus vaccine, attorney says. Did you hear that? Let me read that again. States have authority to fine or jail people who refuse coronavirus vaccine, attorney says. Legal precedent dates back to 1905. So supposedly back in 1905 when smallpox was a big problem in our country, there was something put into order that if somebody did not take the virus or vaccine that was going on in the world, that they could arrest or fine these people. And I thought that was so interesting for the days that we're living in right now. And everything we've been going through this year, and I want to talk this morning about the end times. I want to talk this morning about what's coming. I want to talk about something that we should be looking for as a church. Amen? There are two things that we should be looking forward to as believers. How many believers do I have in here, by the way? Not, not just Christians, believers. Amen. Disciples. Not just churchgoers. Not just Sunday, Sunday morning people. Not uh, Sunday morning only people. But believers. We as believers, the Bible tells us, should be looking for two things. One, we should be looking for death. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I didn't quote it. Paul said, for me to live is Christ... And to die is what? He didn't say loss. He said gain. Every believer, when they get saved, the Bible says, we begin to long for the day that we'll be able to be with Jesus. We find out we don't love this world anymore, and we want to be with the Lord. The second part is, is even greater, and that is to be caught up, the Bible says, to be raptured by Jesus, to be taken home with the Lord, being alive. And I want to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 this morning. If you've got your Bibles, it'll also be on the screen. <clears throat> Verses 16 to 18, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Watch this with me. This is a future event that has not happened yet, but it is an event that could happen today. Did you hear that? This is an event that has not happened yet, but it could happen this morning. It could happen while this message is going on. It could happen in the next five minutes. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And look at this. The dead in Christ, leave that verse up there for a second. The dead in Christ will rise first. For the last 2,000 years, millions, maybe billions of believers have died and breathed their last breath, and gone into the tomb, and the Bible says they've been waiting to rise again from that trumpet, and it says the dead in Christ will rise first. And then watch what it says. For Then we who are alive, do I have anybody in here who's alive? Amen. Whether you look or feel or act alive, you are alive. Amen. It says we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Look at the word caught up. Caught up together with them, with the dead that rise in Christ, to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And verse 18 says what we should do. Comfort one another with these words. Father, I ask you to anoint your word this morning. 
I ask you to speak to the hearts of every man, woman, teenager that's in this place this morning. Speak and, and challenge and confirm your word to us this morning, God. Keep us ready. In Jesus' name this morning we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about the, the Bible event that cannot be talked about too much, which is called the rapture. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I believe most of you, especially if you've been coming to this church very long, have heard the word rapture. But the word rapture is actually not even in the Bible. But we get that word from the Latin of caught up. It says they'll be caught up into the air. That's the Latin word rapturo. And so that's why the church uses the word rapture. And that word rapture means to be snatched out of danger. Now I want you to begin to see a picture this morning as we talk about being snatched out of danger. And the reason I titled this is because there's a day coming soon where the believers are going to leave this earth. Amen. How many believers do I have in here this morning? So people say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible, so that must not be an event. Well, let me tell you something else. How many believe in the Trinity this morning? If you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, well, guess what? That word's not in there either. But it doesn't mean the Trinity doesn't exist. We're reading a Bible in English that was not written in English. But there is an event coming, church. Matter of fact, the, the Bible tells us that this is the next big event. This is the next, if you were to look at God's calendar this morning, the next event on God's calendar, prophetically, is the rapture of the church. Is the return of Jesus Christ for His church. And I want us to be a church that is looking forward to this event. I don't want this to be a church that gets caught off guard by this event or is surprised by this event and especially is not afraid of this event. If I told you this, how many like vacation? Anybody like to go on vacation? Get, get away, amen, especially this year more than ever, amen. Get away, get out of the house, do something. Vacation is good. Vacation is fun. What if I told you this morning that there's a seven-year vacation coming for us? Seven years. Seven years of vacation, and that vacation is just the beginning of the good stuff. That's what's the next event on God's calendar. And when you begin to read the scriptures and you begin to look at our world today, you begin to realize how much you want to be a part of that return. How much you want to be a part of the believers who are what? Leaving. Because you, don't, you need to understand scripture, and we're going to get into it a little bit this morning. There's coming a time... That, that is going to be really, really bad on this earth. And some people think this is bad right now. This coronavirus is a scratch on your knee. That's all it is. If you just scratch your knee, that's all coronavirus is compared to what is coming. Can somebody say amen? amen. Let's look at a few events. I want to lead up to this. I want to lead up to this, this uh, thought and belief that Jesus Christ is going to come back. Now, going back to 1 Thessalonians, I'm going to preach to you like you've never heard the Bible before. I'm not, I'm not going to preach to you like you already know it. Many of you have heard these, these messages. Like I said, if you've been here very long, you'll hear this frequently in this church. This is a message that's not preached enough in the church. Why would we not talk about the next event? Why would we not be excited about what God has coming for His church? So this is something we must look forward to, the Bible actually says. But if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis... It starts in chapter 5, and I want you to see a few verses here, of a picture of what's to come for us. What the, what the caught up means and the snatching away means. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. 
And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So he's living his life. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch, watch this, walked with God. And he was not. For God, what? Took him. This is a picture of the rapture in the Old Testament. Enoch was walking with God, and he was not, for he took him. This is a picture way back in the book of Genesis of what is to come. Now I want you to look at another verse in the book of, or, or, or think of a story. I'm not going to look at the verse in Genesis 19. How many remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? I want you to picture something. In Sodom and Gomorrah, there's great wrath coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that God's so tired of their sin and so sick of their rebellion that He's going to destroy that city. But what does God do that He will do for us? He sends two angels to the city. And He says, Abraham and Lot, you guys need to get out of the city because I'm going to destroy that city. I want you to begin to understand this morning, the believers are leaving because God is not a God who is going to pour His wrath out on this world on believers and His children. Amen. When He was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, He went and got them out. And He almost had to literally grab them and pull them out of danger. And they literally were getting out as the fire stones were coming down from heaven and destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a picture. I believe totally that we are so, so in that time right now and so in that place that literally the, the return of Christ could be at any moment and events will begin to happen. And the reason I mentioned in the very beginning the coronavirus and what I said is, and I don't have time to get into all this this morning. It's just one message that's very deep. But there's coming a future event, the Bible tells us in Revelation, and I'll get back to Revelation in a second, where there's going to be a, a, a leader called the Antichrist. He's going to be the world leader. And he's going to make people take a mark. And when they have that mark, they will not allow, be allowed without that mark, without being part of the system, they will not be allowed to buy. They will not be allowed to sell. They will not be able to get medical care. And the reason I mention that virus and, and, and being arrested for not taking it is I can tell you from myself this morning, I'm not taking the, a, a, a vaccine. We're living in days right now where we cannot be part of, some, part of the system. There's, there is an agenda behind all this, and they want us to take this and get in the system, and they want us to, to, to be a part of it so that they can control us. If you don't think they can control us, look at how we're wearing masks this morning. And I'm not saying that for you to feel bad if you're wearing a mask. You get what I'm saying. When you walk up to a store and you go to open the door, what does it say? You cannot come in if you don't have a mask on. It's just a mask. Well, what's it going to say in the future? You cannot come in if you don't have the chip, if you don't have, whatever they're going to call it. If you don't have this, if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to be served. This is all precursors for a time, the Bible says, when we will be controlled by one government, one religion, and one economy. In 2021, in January, did you know that they're already meeting in Switzerland and they're calling it the reset, the financial reset? I believe that by January 2021 of this year coming up, we will no longer have cash in our society. Listen to me right now. Watch what happens. We will be a cashless society. It will happen quick. Reset. And they're also saying that that's, 
and not by accident is when they think the vaccine's going to come out, January 2021. I'm trying to get you to see future events and understand and not be like puppets, but understand that God prophesied and predicted all these things in the Word of God. How many believe that this morning? Are y'all still here? Let's look at Genesis chapter 7. Noah and the flood. This is a perfect picture of the rapture of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, and you and all your household, because I have seen, I want you to focus on this, there's something God looks for, and the people He's coming back for, the people He's going to snatch out of danger, are the people who are righteous. It says, because I have seen that you are righteous. Now that's a whole other message in itself as well. We can't be righteous in ourselves. We are righteous this morning because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Bible says my righteousness is like filthy rags. However, that does not mean that I have a license to sin. It means God wants us to live a godly life. Titus says denying ungodliness. We should live sober lives looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so he says because I've seen that you're righteous, this goes back to, to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham said, will you destroy the city if I find 50 righteous people? And what did God say? No, I won't destroy it. And Abraham had to take him all the way down to 10. And he still couldn't find 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Church, how many want to make sure when Jesus comes this time, he finds some righteous people on the earth? He finds some people looking for him and watching for him and waiting for him and living for him. Church, the believers are leaving. Amen. He says, I have seen that you're righteous before me in this generation. Let's keep reading. Oh, sorry, that's all I had for there. Down, Chris is looking at me like, <laughs> what's next? Da later down in verse 16, which I don't have on the screen, he says an important thing. He says, shut the door. When that rapture happens, church, the door is shut. When that door shuts, that trumpet sounds, you're ready or you're not. You can't say, hey, time out, Lord, give me 10 minutes. Let me go get my house in order. When he comes, you got to be ready. You got to be looking. You got to be waiting. You got to be watching. Amen? And that's why we live holy lives. That's why we deny things. That's why we walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because when that door shuts, it shuts. Now watch what, watch what we see here. What, what is the Bible trying to save us from? I want, I want to really give you a, 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 as much of a picture as I can. I don't have time to go into it vividly this morning, but I think you, you can use your imagination. As we see here in these first few scriptures in Genesis of Noah and Abraham and Lot and even Enoch, God always has a way of escape for his people. Okay, are you seeing that? Because let me tell you, just in case you don't know, there's preaching out there that I believe is erroneous, then they'll say that the church is going to go through the tribulation. That we're, Why are we special? Why shouldn't we have to go through what everybody else has gone through? And they don't understand that the tribulation that we have in our life every day, that Jesus says, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He, they don't understand that that's different than the tribulation that the Bible's talking about in that seven-year period. So look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. Watch what this says. Jesus in red letters says, For then, that time, there will be, not tribulation, but what? Great tribulation. 
How many know great is better than not great? It's more. So he's not just talking about the tribulations of life that we go through right now. That's not the tribulation he's talking about. He said great tribulation. The Bible tells us in Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation and many other places that that period is seven years. And that seven-year period is a time where God is going to deal in the first three and a half years with two types of people. One is the unbelievers. That's why I said the believers are leaving. But he's going to deal with the unbelievers, those who mocked Jesus, those who didn't believe. He's going to deal with them in justice. And he's also going to deal with his own people, the Jewish nation, because they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Are you with me? And so it's going to be great tribulation. And I want you to understand, with Hitler, with 9-11, with all the wars we've ever seen in our lives, all the history we've ever read, we haven't seen anything to what Jesus says is coming, church. The Bible says right here, as clear as can be, there's going to be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time and nor shall ever be again there's no way that we can even i mean you know what's interesting to me movies and hollywood believe more in the tribulation than the church does they come out with movies all the time movies that depict it movies that talk about it apocalypse and and, and all these different things all these movies that have been made there's coming they, they depict that future you ever you ever seen or heard of the world of the movie world war z it's about a virus that affects the entire world. I mean, there's movies that are out that are, that are depicting this and trying to show the chaos, but it says, Jesus says, not even the movies can depict what's coming. And, and it's not because, oh, God, what kind of God of love is that? I thought God loved everybody. God does love everybody, but God has a time where he says enough is enough then people are going to have to answer for their, their, their situations and their beliefs on, on marriage. They're going to have to answer for how they treat babies in a womb. They're going to have to answer for how they live their lives because Jesus said this is the way it is, my way or the highway. And so he's going to deal with sin. And he has waited, and he has waited, and he has been patient, and he has been loving, and he has been patient, and he has waited. But there's coming a future time that could start today where there's never been so much trouble since the beginning and never will be again. And it is a seven-year period of time. And then Jesus goes on to say, in that same chapter, a few verses down, listen to this. What will that day look like? This is what's interesting. As the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. As the days of Noah. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. I want you to think about something. That's a very normal life right there. Even though this year has been crazy and we've seen things we've never seen, there's still a normality to life. We just had a wedding last Sunday. People are getting married. There's weddings coming up. There's normality. We're still allowed to do some things. There was a little moment there where we were more suppressed than other, other times. But these are pictures of what's to come. Can I give you a statement that you'll need to remember? Things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. 
That doesn't mean we can't see a revival. That doesn't mean God's people aren't going to be used. That doesn't mean we're not going to see change. I'm telling you, this world's not going to get better. It's going to keep getting worse. The Bible says as we get closer, as John said about his wife, about Ceci, birth pains, birth pains, birth pains, closer, closer, closer. You don't get further away from the baby. You get closer. That due date gets closer, not further away with the birth pains. We are seeing birth pains, church, that we have never seen before. Literally, everything is right where it needs to be to see these things fulfilled. I want to I tell you something about the book of Revelation. First and foremost, go read it. Go read it. I don't have time in a message to go over the whole book of Revelation with you in a message. You've got to go read the book. But the book of Revelation is the most vivid, most clear picture of what is to come in the future. And the Bible says that in Revelation that this, this time of tribulation is going to come and explains it very vividly. You want to read the Bible and read the newspaper and watch how it correlates. It's like, re, it's like watching the news is like watching the Bible come alive. All these things that are happening. But I want you to think about something, about the church again. And I want you to tell the person next to you right now, stay with me, believers are leaving. Amen? Now make it personal. Say, I'm a believer and I'm leaving. Amen? You know, sometimes when we say that, it sounds weird. But you, did you know Jesus said that, we, that we're not of this world? We're just passing through. Why do we love this world so much? Some people even said some people gain the whole world. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose their soul? We should not be in love with this world. This is just a temporary thing. There's something greater. Okay? And so... We see in the book of Revelation something very interesting. He begins to talk to the churches. He gives this revelation to John. John is, on the, John is the only apostle that did not die a martyr's death. All the, all the rest of them died horrible deaths. But John, the, the revelator, they called him, on the island of Patmos has this revelation. Can you imagine being John the revelator and seeing what he saw? Things he didn't even understand. And a lot of times when he's explaining things, he's explaining things in his 2,000 years ago lingo. That's hard for us to understand and picture. But he's seeing a revelation of the future. And what he does is he begins to start to talk to the churches. And in the first three chapters, watch this, the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, church, how many know we're the church? This isn't the church, we're the church. This is our church building, but we're the church, the believers in Jesus Christ. It says church, 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 church 19 times in the first three chapters. Chapter 4 to chapter 18, which talks about the tribulation, there's no mention of the church. Why? Because the church is out of here. In chapter 4. Amen. The church is out of here. That's why I said the believers are leaving. He talks to the church. He says, church, be ready. Church, no, I know your works. Church, repent. Church, 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 church. The great escape. Some people say, oh, you just want to escape everything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, I just got enough common sense to not want to be here. Especially if the Lord tells me I can. You, when he says, he says that, that, that I have not appointed you under wrath, I just believe that. Because what you got to understand, church, is in this revelation, I mentioned the first three and a half years. And let me see if I got, let, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me finish something else there. 
So, so 19 times, did y'all follow that? 19 times it's mentioned. Church, 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 church. Chapter 4, no mention. Why? Because we're gone. 4 to 18 is, is what Jesus is trying to tell us you don't want to be here for. He's trying, to, he's trying to depict in the best way he can. Way down that road over there, you don't want to go that way. I have made a way for you not have to go that way, but if you don't want to listen to me, let me just describe to you how it's going to be. And he describes it from chapter 4 to chapter 18. And in there, in there, in first chapter 14, he mentions that everybody that does not take part in the global system will not be able to buy or sell without a mark on their right hand or their forehead. Church, the chip's already made. It's the size of a grain of rice. It's already in the system. Everything that needs to be done for the Antichrist to take this world over is done. There is nothing left that needs to happen. But I want to put an understanding in your ear this morning. What you must understand is everything you might think, you might think, man, there's so much order still, and there's so much that has to be done. When the, I want you to, and I forgot to mention this in the first service, I want you to picture for a second what this world would look like. If you would just go back to 2001, I know some of you aren't old enough to be alive at that time, but those that were alive know exactly where you were when those towers were hit. You know exactly what you were doing. You remember it like it was yesterday. And then we saw chaos break out. Worldwide economic distress. Worldwide security problems. Airplanes landed on the ground. Paralyzed and on and on. And you know what I'm talking about. Simply from two airplanes flying into a tower in a building. Can you imagine with me this morning... What chaos is going to happen when millions and probably, hopefully, hundreds of millions of people disappear from the earth in what the Bible calls the twinkling of an eye? Doctors are gone. Lawyers are gone. Insurance agents are gone. Construction workers are gone. Every Bus drivers are gone. Everybody you can think of is gone. Millions and millions and millions of people are gone. You don't think that's enough right there to cause enough chaos in this world? If 3,000 people dying in a building did that 20 years ago, what do you think millions of people disappearing is going to do? It's going to cause an instantaneous need for a Savior. The world's looking for a savior, but they don't want to look at Jesus. The world's looking for somebody to stand up, and when this all happens, that man will stand up, and he will have the answer, and they will believe that he is the Messiah, including the Jewish people. Nothing has to happen. Are you listening? Nothing left. I'm telling you, nothing left. The next event is the rapture. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This will clear up really good. <clears throat> so Paul, as he's preaching, remember I told you you're looking to death or you're looking to the return of Christ as a believer. They believed so much in the rapture in, in this time in, in the first, first century of the church that they actually thought that they had missed the rapture. Understand the difference between their culture and ours. <clears throat> I can get on my phone right now and I can call Pastor Dylan on the other side of the world on a video call, and I can see him as if he's in this room with me right now. I can know where he's doing. I can know I could go look at their church service. <clears throat> I could call a basketball friend of mine that's in Australia, all the way in Australia, and FaceTime him right now. I could, fast, I could FaceTime Pastor Portnova in Ireland. 
I could fa- FaceTime Pastor M in Toronto. I'm going to get what I'm saying. We, we know what's going on in an instant right now. But think about living in a time when there was no technology and no way of knowing anything. And they thought they had missed the rapture. So it says, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, watch this, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled by either by spirit or by word or letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. They're thinking they missed the rapture. Let no one deceive you. And Paul begins to make something very clear. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And so what, he's, what he begins to do here is he begins to show some things that will happen after the, after the rapture and in that time that would make them know they had missed the rapture. He says, unless the falling away comes first. How many know we've never fallen away like we've fallen away right now? Never. Never. We're at a different level now of falling away. The Bible also calls it the great apostasy. And you've got a lot of people today who are turning away, who are believers turning away from the Lord. That's why it says believers are leaving. Amen? How many believers I have in here? And then he says, and the man of sin is revealed. Church, we will not see the Antichrist revealed. But I can tell you he's alive right now. I can tell you he's ready right now. He's in position right now. I can even tell you someone who I think he might be. And you, you, you won't know who he is because he has to come from a certain place. But that doesn't even matter because I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm not looking for the tribulation to start. I'm looking and listening for the trumpet of Jesus Christ to sound because I'm looking for a hole in the sky so I can go be with my king because the believers are what? Leaving. He says, and the Son of Man will be revealed, the Son of Perdition. Watch this next verse. Who opposes and exalts. This is a middle of the tribulation event who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, leave that verse up there, showing himself that he is God. This is a middle of the tribulation event. And this is after three and a half years of the, 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 ju- the judgment and dealing with the Jewish people, the unbelieving people, people will be getting saved. People will be, be getting uh, their lives changed to, for the Lord during this time, but it won't be us because we won't be here. But right in the middle, the temple that is ready to be built right now, and I just got to be careful not to go off and chase rabbits because I can go out and do a whole message on one thing. The temple will be built, and the Antichrist will have let the Jews do their worshiping there. But then on this event right here, right in the middle of three and a half years, the Antichrist will walk into God's temple and he will stand up and say, I'm God. And that's where God, the real God, says, enough is enough. And then the next three and a half years, church, is what God says is all out wrath. Read your Bibles. But don't read it scared Because we shouldn't be scared of this event. This is an event we should be looking forward to. Because Jesus paid the price on the cross so we can be saved. And we don't have to go through that event. Come on, that's why he died. So we don't have to go through that event. That event is for people who do not believe. 
People who don't take it seriously. And you read those chapters, 14, 15, 16, and you see all these events, trumpets and bowls and, and uh, seals, 21 events descripted, which I could tell you a bunch, but let me just give you one that will hit home. 100-pound hailstones falling from the sky. 100-pound hailstones. That's one of the events. You don't want to be here. And that event is not for believers. It is for the wrath of God to come down on this world. And the Bible says a third of the population will die just in that event alone. You know how many people are on this earth? Eight billion people. That's over two, peop- that's over two billion people are going to die. That's why I said the coronavirus is a scratch on your knee. It's nothing. It's just something to tell us, wake up. Get your lives right with God. Now let's keep reading. I'm almost done. How many give me just a few more minutes? Five, verse 5. Do you remember that when I was with you, I told you these things, just like I'm telling you this morning. And now, here's the cool part. You know what is restraining. See, right now, even as bad as this world is, there's somebody in this world who is restraining all hell from breaking loose. And it says... Watch what it says, that he may be revealed in his own time. And watch this next part. It says in capital H, for the mystery of lawlessness lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital H, who now restrains, like this picture, now restrains, will do so until he is what? Does that sound familiar to anybody? He is taken out of the way. Who is the restrainer? The church of Jesus Christ is the restrainer, church. You and I are what is holding all hell from breaking loose. As bad as this world is, we're standing for something. We're praying against abortion. We're praying for the sanctity of marriage. We're praying for life. We're praying for sin to be destroyed. We're saying, no, this is wrong. Don't do this. The church is holding back all hell from breaking loose. But when that rapture happens, the restrainer is lifted and it's gone. And you do not want to be here, church. You do not want to be here. You don't, let, me, let me tell you something. You don't even want your worst enemy to be here. It's so bad you don't even want your enemy to be here. Watch this next one. And the lawless one will be revealed. One, one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. That's the end of the tribulation. You've got to read your Bible. And destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according with the working of Satan. With all power and signs, and lying wonders. Now stay with me. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be what? Saved. Okay, what do you, when you're saved, you're saved from something. Watch this. For this reason, God will send them Not allow them, send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. I don't, go back to that for one second. I'm not saying this is the only delusion, but I can tell you one thing I know for a fact is going to be a part of the delusion. It's going to be they're going to think we got abducted by aliens. Think about all these years, the TV and the movies have set us up to believe. People, People believe it. You know, people believe more in aliens than they do in God, it seems like. 
that there's aliens on other planets, and, and it'll be very simple. It'll be very easy. I can see the world leader standing up. I can see it. I can see it right now, standing up and saying, this has not been what everybody's saying. This was not God. These were aliens. They told us back in 1950s. Remember, remember the, uh, that place, where is it, New Mexico? What's it called? Area 51. They told us that we couldn't say nothing, or they'd kill us or whatever, and this is what they said. Does anybody see what I'm saying? It's all set up. Because people will believe a lie more than they'll believe the Bible. More than they'll believe that God, who created the heavens and the earth, who said let there be light and there was light and created this incredible universe in six days, they'll believe more that aliens could come abduct us than that God could take his people out. But we believe and the believers are leaving. Amen. Let's finish this. I think I read that part. Last verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I, I sent this out to you this morning. We should be comforted. Now, if you're listening to this and you're not comforted, then you need to check your walk. I say that with all respect and all love. Because as a believer, we should not be afraid of this day. But if it scares you, then God wants you, God, God got your attention. And he wants you to wake up. And he wants you to so, be sober-minded. And he wants you to understand that these things that are happening and have been happening are happening so that we can know God is doing something and Jesus is coming. He's the door. Noah preached to those people. You think that ark was made just for Noah and his family? That ark, that ark was huge. It had all kinds of empty room in it. Today, there's an unfortunate truth, church. There's an unfortunate truth. The size of hell is growing and being filled by people who had a place in heaven. The Bible says that God does not want anyone to perish. But Jesus came and said, this road is straight and narrow. And broad is the path to destruction. And a lot of people go that way. But few find the, the narrow road. Because they don't want to make choices and they don't want to make decisions. And as I said at the very beginning when I got up here, they don't want to sell out to God. They want to, they want to say they love God, but they want to hold on to the world. Say, God, I, I just want a little bit of both. And the Holy Spirit will deal with you this morning. And he'll show you things in your life that are, that are causing you to hold on to the world. And he'll say, let that go. And if you'll just let go, your heart will be right. Luke 21, 36 says that we're supposed to be, I'll go back to this verse in a second, that we're supposed to be watching and praying and asking God that he would count us worthy of his return. So there's an understanding that I am righteous in who Jesus Christ is, and there's a confidence in that, but the balance is that he is a righteous and powerful God, and I'm a nobody, and I need to be careful to live my life pleasing to him and not allow any sin in my life to keep me from that day. Because church is going to be a lot of people who are going to turn into evangelists in the, in the tribulation. Because just as many people are going to say, oh, these were aliens, there's going to be a bunch of people, and I hope none of them are here right now. I hope there's not one person here who's going to be the one who said, I heard pastor sell this. This is not aliens. This is Jesus. Jesus came and got the church, and I can tell you that because my family's gone. I can tell you that because I know who's gone, and they're, they're gone. They're not, they weren't abducted by aliens. This was the rapture of the church, and they're going to turn into evangelists. And the Bible says an unnumerable amount of people are going to get saved in the tribulation. Thank God for that. 
you better not say it's going to be you. You better not be the one. So I'm just going to brave it through the tribulation. Oh, I'm just going to stand up for Jesus then. You won't stand up for Jesus then. You don't stand up for him now. You can't stand up for Jesus in the tribulation if you won't stand up for him now. Do it now. Say, I'm going I'm, I'm to stand for Jesus now. So I don't have to go through that. Let me end with this thought. This is very important. I don't, I don't know if somebody told me this or God gave me this, but I've always had this in my spirit, and I, and I believe this. It's one of the main reasons I believe that we're going before the tribulation. I know the Bible says that without, uh, sorry, that the, we're saved by, in Ephesians chapter 2, we're saved by faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. So right now, in this day we're living, right now at this moment, we are saved because I put my faith in Jesus. And I say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Lord. You're the Master. And he saves me because of my faith, not because of anything I do, not because of coming to church or reading my Bible or any of that. Those are all works that are great, but they're not to be saved. My salvation comes simply from believing. Right? You following me? The Bible tells us in the tribulation, the people that will be saved will be saved by works. What do I mean? The Bible tells us very clearly that the way to be saved in heaven, if you don't know this, read your Bible. Go read Revelation, but don't read it with fear. Read it with confidence. It says in Revelation, the people that will be saved in the tribulation will have to be beheaded for their faith. They'll have to lose their head. And that's how they'll be saved. And so that is a work. In the tribulation, they'll have, to, they'll have to do something to be saved. We don't have to do anything right now to be saved. So th- that's the difference. They're going to have to prove their faith to God in the tribulation by losing their life. And some people say, yeah, but people die all the time for their faith. Yeah, but we're not in the tribulation. The people who are dying their faith as martyrs are, are simply that, martyrs, and they have a, their own crown. And you might say, man, I used to say, I want a martyr's crown. But then you think you got how you have to die to get a martyr's crown. Then all of a sudden you think twice about it, right? Sounds cool. But then you realize you've got give, to give, give your life for it. So this morning, here's some comforting words to leave you with. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 16 and 17. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work amen the god who loves us comfort us this morning the believers are leaving father i thank you for your word this morning and i thank you that god this could be we don't this could be the last service we ever have because you could come back today You know, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I said that about six months ago. If you'll remember, we were in church. The church was packed. God was moving. And I said, as this virus began to break out, I said, this might be the last service we have. And sure enough, that next week, we had to shut church down. Do you understand how fast things can happen? Don't let let your spirit fall asleep. We just came through something crazy, and God allowed this to happen to get our attention. So he wants us to be ready. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, if you don't know if you'd be ready if that rapture happened, if that trumpet sounded right now, you don't know if your heart's ready to meet Jesus, today's the day of your salvation. If you're watching online, if you're listening on the podcast, this is the moment that we preach this message for.
for you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. He's the door. He's the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through Him. In this place all over, how many could be honest with God and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me this morning. I want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to be one of those believers that's leaving. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to face the tribulation this world's going to face. I don't want to face the, 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 have to face death and have to give my life to be saved. I want to, I want to put my faith in you because you gave your life for me to be saved. Today, I want to get right. Would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me this morning all over. That's me. I see your hand. How many more? I need Jesus this morning. I need to be saved. I need to get right. There's some sin in my life this morning. You know, maybe I'm speaking to a backslider. I know I can't see your hand on the camera, but we're going to pray in just a moment. We're going we're to ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives. But you might be a backslider. You might be someone who's been running from God. You might be cold this morning. You might feel like you've messed up too bad. Let me tell you something. That verse said, His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is amazing. His grace is powerful. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I've been holding on to some things. I've had some unforgiveness in my heart. I've had some anger. I've had some lack of trust. Well, I don't know what, you, what your reason is, but let it go. It's not worth missing the, the rapture. And it's the next event. Wake up. Be sober. Deny ungodliness. Live for the Lord. Get rid of the worldly lusts, the Bible says in Titus 2. Live for the Lord in this present age. Purify yourself from the things of this world. You may say, I'm backslidden this morning. Pray for me, Pastor. Just lift your hand and put it back down. That's me. Amen. I see your hands. Let's stand to our feet in reverence. Please, nobody talking, nobody moving around. This is a very important moment. And those that are watching online, we're going to say the sinner's prayer right now. And I want you to put your faith in Jesus. I want you to understand how real this is. Don't you understand where we're living, the day we're living in today? Jesus says, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. And the Bible says that our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. And when that rapture happens, he's coming for the names that are written in the Lamb's book of life. First the dead in Christ arise, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with the, into the air to be with the Lord forever. I want you to say this with me, all of you that are here in church, all of you that are watching, to make sure that your heart is right. This is a, faith, a statement of faith. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, come in and wash away all my sins. Make me a new creation. Let me walk in your righteousness. I believe in you. I believe you're the door. Please, Lord, write my name in the Lamb's book of life and count me worthy of your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning for all the decisions that were made.